Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the January edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. Taking a look at the front page of the January edition of the Crestone Eagle, an article written by Lori Nagel. New owners of the Desert Sage look forward to implementing improvements and new ideas. On January 22, 2021, Shearing and Ling Dorje passed the baton of the Desert Sage restaurant on to its new owners, and there have been many recent rumblings going around about who those new owners are and what their plans are for the restaurant. Well, rumble no more. The new owners are Mary Gatchins and Paul Winnens, and to say they're excited about their upcoming plans for that space is a huge understatement. The following excerpt is from their website, sageshearth.com, where they plan to continually post updates on their progress. At the moment, we are closed pending a litany of improvements, including redesigning the kitchen, updating the water and electrical, modernizing the living spaces, and overhauling the building's exterior. The vision is to create a marketplace consisting of an elixir and coffee bar, a bakery also serving cream and vegan ice cream, a chocolate crafting room, a small store offering specialty items along with fare from the kitchen and service from the restaurant. We are honored to be the latest stewards of where the Crestone community meets. Let's get together to make our lives tastier and refreshing. The, uh, the restaurant will get plenty of attention. The centerpiece will be a huge 10,000-pound masonry heater with a fireplace on one side and an oven on the other. They're going to raise the roof five feet to add a second-floor dining area, take down walls and put up new ones, and get the electrical and plumbing up to current codes. A 180-degree dishwasher will eliminate the dumping of chemicals into the water, the tower will be resurrected at the front of the building with huge windows in it, along with a new clock, and patrons will be able to go up there to experience phenomenal views. There will also be three rentable apartments in the back part of the building. Because there's, quote, because there's nowhere for people to live in this area, Paul said, which we all know to be true. The timing of this project will depend on their ability to hire quality, reliable construction crews, as well as Paul and Mary's time, since they will be doing a lot of the work themselves. A big part of their plan for the restaurant is to be farm to table, with zero carbon and zero waste as the goal. They discuss starting a delivery service in Crestone, shared by all the restaurants, and utilizing reusable to-go containers. We just don't want to be a provider of yet another styrofoam or cardboard piece of trash, Paul said. They also communicated their intentions of finding and filing and filling their own unique niche here. Paul explained, part of our plan explicitly is to not compete. We want to complement rather than compete. We're not going to serve the food that the other places serve. That's not what we're about.
Regarding the farm-to-table aspect of their fare, they will start with using what was the large dining room on the south side of the building as an on-site garden. Mary, will, Mary also discussed potential partnerships with Colorado College. She said, we're hoping to expand our relationship with the college. Our vision aligns with theirs, and the Teuna Foundation elders have lectured to CC students. Unique and exciting opportunities for students, teachers, and the entire community are being envisioned. They're hoping that relationship could lead to a greenhouse, and we also talked about the potential of holding gardening classes for local children. The possibilities are endless. Paul and Mary also discussed having different cooks on different nights, guest chefs, etc., and renting out the commercial kitchen during off hours. Mary said, we know that there are people who travel far for a commercial kitchen, so we thought it would be nice to make a marketplace kind of situation where there was space for bakers, chocolatiers, and other talented folks who need a place to work their magic. Paul added, there will be a coffee bar, an elixir bar. There are so many possibilities in this place. They are certainly excited to open, and the restaurant will be back to serve the community as soon as possible. Paul and Mary first came to Crestone in the summer of 2018. Crestone was a stop on their 10,000-mile Teyuna Foundation Tour to share the teachings and practices of the four families of the Teyuna with individuals, organizations, and networks focused on earth stewardship, ecological protection, and planetary consciousness. That was from the Teyuna Foundation mission statement. They felt an instant connection to Crestone during their visit and made many friends. One friend invited them to return after the completion of the Teyuna tour for a compl complimentary stay in her Baca Meadows townhome. They accepted her offer and shortly afterwards purchased a townhome of their own. They joined the board of the Baca Townhome Association, BTA, in 2019. Mary is the president, Paul is both the secretary and treasurer, and Sunya Bielendorf is vice president. Local BTA members are involved and provide excellent support in the decision-making processes. There are extensive plans in the works for beautification of the townhome property. Paul and Mary didn't come to Crestone intending to purchase a restaurant, but when the opportunity arose, they felt it was a way they could make the most positive impact in the community. Mary stated, We got interested in the restaurant because the sage is a crucial and keystone feature of the BTA and has always been a community center for the Baca and Crestone as well, and we are both excited and motivated to make it even more welcoming. There will be more trees, gabion walls, that's going to look really nice, they said. Mary and Paul have experience with renovating properties. Mary told me, In California we had a great time renovating and beautifying and turned places into paradises. We're going to do that here. We're working on a plan already with local people. For instance, they're working with Peter May in the, on the BTA landscaping plan. Natives, edible, and medicinal plants will be restored, providing support for monarch butterflies and overall greening of the area. They're excited about it all and even have plans for the parking area. Everything is going to get a total facelift. This whole area, the BTA, is going to be a village. And as if the construction, landscaping, gardening, restaurant opening, and BTA running wasn't enough, they also have plans to open an institute. As Mary explained, this is part of the village concept. 
hopefully soon, we'll have an American, uh, sorry, an Amerindian Creole Institute here where we'll teach philosophy, language, and music. Together, Creole and Amerindian people birthed special spiritual practices throughout the Americas, blending their ways of life, both of which are based on earth stewardship. The Teyuna elders I work with were aware of the relationship between the Amerindian and Creole peoples when they asked me to found the Teyuna Foundation. The Teyuna, as one of the last remaining pre-Columbian ethnic groups, caretake much of the most ancient Amerindian knowledge. The Teyuna wish to have a presence in Crestone, and the elders of my tradition have also asked that we establish a presence here. The following text is from the TeunaFoundation.org website and seems an appropriate conclusion to this article. Mary believes that indigenous wisdom is the only thing that can save the human race and she works with the last surviving pre-Columbian tribes to emphasize that. If the industrialized world does not heed the counsel of the elders, does not turn to holistic ways of living that are founded on holistic principle, we are not separate from nature. We are the natural world. We were meant to live harmoniously, flora, fauna, ocean, sweet water, and land. We must care for Mother Earth as if she was our own mother, because she is. We must uphold peace, spiritual commitment, hope, and love as our highest values and weave our many cultures into a common thread of connection. We must honor the distinctive combination of insight, vision, and acceptance that empowers people to discover themselves through a connection to earth, thereby a connection to themselves. Shering and Ling Dorje and their family dedicated 14 years of their lives to serving much more than just food to the Crestone community. They and their delightful staff hosted wedding receptions, funeral gatherings, fundraisers, Winterfest, Halloween, Colorado College, and the list goes on. They have profoundly touched thousands of lives over the years with their delectable cooking and genuine kindness, compassion, and friendliness. Many thanks to them, they will be truly missed. Please extend a warm welcome to Mary and Paul when you see them out and about. They are thrilled to be part of our community and hope to have much positive impact here. And we have news from the Seed Exchange. San Luis Valley Seed Exchange becomes a nonprofit. Since 2010, the annual San Luis Valley Seed Exchange, SLVSE, has been organized and supported by its founder and many volunteers, and during the last eight years facilitated by Joyful Journey Hot Springs Spa. The organization's annual spring event has always been generously supported by individual contributions from the local community, as well as sponsored by many local businesses. Jay Sanders and Bob Peterson are co-presidents of the new nonprofit organization. The SLV Seed Exchange's main event will continue to be the Spring Seed Exchange, and this will always be at the organization's core. The Seed Exchange's mission is to develop community functions that bring people together, sharing of agricultural knowledge and abundance with the wider community. By assisting the community, especially youth and children, to produce food locally, develop deeper understanding of food preservation, storage, and seed saving, and seed saving, community health is build and food security and sovereignty is strengthened. 
Sawatch County's Sustainable Environment and Economic Development, Succeed, has agreed to be the organization's new fiscal sponsor. In the past, organizers have hosted an annual seed exchange in the San Luis Valley. For the last several years, it has included educational talks by relevant and regional speakers on the topics of food growing, food sovereignty, seed saving, etc. This has all been provided to the community for free through volunteers, fundraising efforts, and Joyful Journeys facilitation. In years to come, with the potential of accessibility to grant awards from foundations, the SLVSE asks you to join them to develop capacity, expanding the organization's work to possibly include additional projects, such as an educational agricultural speaker series, a seed-saving demonstration garden, and a fall harvest dinner seed exchange. The 2022 seed exchange event will take place on Saturday, April 2nd at Joyful Journey Hot Springs Spa. This year's theme, Nutrition and How It Relates to Seeds, Growing Food, and Our Bodies, will be supported with speakers on the topic. Any contributions are now tax-deductible through the organization's fiscal sponsor, Succeed. To make a donation, please send a check payable to Succeed. That is spelled capital S, little c, capitals. S-E-E-D. So send the check payable to succeed with SLV Seed Exchange on the memo line mailed to Joyful Journey Hot Springs Spa 28640-CR58EE Moffitt, Colorado 81143. You can also visit the website slvseedexchange.com for more information. Now turning to notes from the Pyre on registering with the Crestone End of Life Project. If you have registered with the Crestone End of Life Project, CEOLP, for your final disposition of open air cremation or natural burial, you know that the registration forms are designed to focus the attention. They require that we think about the person or persons who will represent our wishes after death and carry them out faithfully. They require us to commit ourselves to facing our death and planning for it in a very practical, concrete way. The CEOLP registration forms also instruct and educate us about matters we probably didn't know or think about. They describe what procedures should be followed at the time of death, if death occurs at home, whether under hospice care or not. The forms request our vital statistics needed for completion of the death certificate. They encourage us to consider the ceremonial arrangements we may want at our final disposition, to describe them in writing so that our agent or next of kin will be aware of our wishes in that regard. We are even requested to design the plaque that, with our permission, will be placed to commemorate us at the pyre. Importantly, we are not asked for any payment for service in advance, aside from a $10 registration fee. Over the years, there have been occasions when CEOLP has been asked to serve, usually with cremation, a community member who was not registered with us. This is only possible when family members are convinced of the deceased person's wishes and usually when the person dies unexpectedly. In such a case, the next of kin must still fill out the registration forms on behalf of the deceased in accordance with our legal requirements. As the VACA 
Crestone community is growing and changing, we feel that we need to clarify our position on registration and stress its importance. If you want CEOLP to manage your end-of-life arrangements, it is essential to register with us in advance. A core element of CEOLP's ethos and values is that death is inevitable and is the next most important day of life after birth. Therefore, we expect the people we serve to demonstrate their commitment to planning for and welcoming death into their life by doing the homework and completing our registration forms. The organization has had to prove its commitment and goodwill to the community, the county, and the state through legal licensing, maintaining our nonprofit status, and adhering to industry standards for funeral organizations. In addition, CEOLP volunteers and board members take very seriously our mission to provide meaningful, dignified end-of-life service, viewing death as a sacred transition. If you wish for us to serve you, please respect our commitment by demonstrating yours. The website is informedfinalchoices.org. For questions about registration, please call 719-588-7415, option 2 to speak to our registrar. And we have the CEOLP services protocols. 1. When Crestone End of Life Project, CEOLP, is contacted by a registrant's representative that this is a COVID-related death, the Sawatch County Coroner is immediately notified and will take over the case. CEOLP will not be involved in serving the individual or family aside from offering them emotional support via phone. 2. When CEOLP has been informed that a registrant has died, registration is confirmed and the CEOLP board and facilitators are contacted, noting whether death was unanticipated, under hospice care, or other. Family or legal representative would be contacted by CEOLP volunteers to begin providing services. In the case of an unanticipated this number three, in the case of an unanticipated death of an unregistered person, the board is immediately contacted to determine whether services can be provided. 4. In the case of individuals with chronic, terminal, or naturally declining health due to aging who have expressed a verbal wish for CEOLP services but have not registered prior to death, the board is contacted immediately and will determine whether services can be provided. At this time, the general consensus of the board is that, is that CEOLP services would not be available to these individuals aside from basic care of the body and home funeral assistance. Please do not hesitate to contact CEOLP should you have questions. Their email address is ceolp.info at gmail.com. And we have this letter to the editor. Look up. Dear Editor, over the holidays I watched the new DiCaprio movie, Don't Look Up a satire about how little we focus on the life-threatening issues of our lives by taking refuge in trivia. It got me thinking about my history of making New Year's resolutions. This is a ritual I dropped a decade ago when I realized that few resolutions ever made it to Groundhog's Day. And what were those resolutions anyway? Wills? Well, let's see. Losing weight? or saving more money, and sometimes even a little deeper, like being more compassionate, or checking on friends more often. I do not remember ever making a resolution to be kinder to the earth. It never occurred to me. So I did what I usually do. I got a book about it. 
101 ways go to go to zero waste bought it used of course and decided to try three a week and hopefully keep adding three more each week throughout the year the novelty might make the resolution stronger and at least I will be doing something I quickly skimmed the book for three ways that would not be too burdensome first I will start taking cloth bags to the grocery store again I will always keep them in my car or purse and never shop unless I have them I did this before COVID and then for a while the mercantile didn't allow them the mercantile has allowed them for a long time now but I dropped the habit so it's hit or miss that will be easy I already have the bags next I will quit all paper towels except as true emergency backups I will instead use rags I already have rags and can just wash them finally I selected buying carbon offsets I know it sounds a little like buying indulgences from the old church but you can reduce the emissions of carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases you make by air travel driving or heating your home you go online and calculate your basic carbon footprint with terrapass.com or plant enough trees to balance out your uses terrapass has great projects that use your contrib contribution to turn cow manure into fuel or capture gas to convert into energy I had no idea how much carbon I use it's disturbing like a giant comet coming straight at us time to grab my cloth bags and carry through on some more worthwhile resolutions this was written by Curtis Ramsey and the remembering the roots column honoring our elders by Jessica Foreman as we journey into the heart of winter the season often associated with the direction of the north it is a vital moment to cast our attention to our beloved elders in many versions of the medicine wheel which has endless wisdom to teach us about living in balance with the inherent cycles of life the north is the phase of elderhood it is a direction to face and seek wisdom guidance and ancestral nourishment who are the elders you look to for guidance and insight it is a source of impoverishment of the soul that so many in the modern world have lost touch with the life-giving thread of connectivity with the elders in their lives and communities our elders are the gems of our society get them and the children together that is our gold mine to protect at all cost as we dream in the realities we will cultivate and walk this new year how might we include honoring and building meaningful relationships with the rich and vibrant wisdom held in the hearts of the elders of our community is there something you want to learn who has earned that knowledge court them courtship is not a thing of the past and it's certainly not restricted to the realm of courting romantic love the art of courtship is actually one of the most beautiful and powerful approaches to engaging life and the path of learning and wholesome relationships when we court an elder or anyone we are showing up to them with respect with interest with humility we offer to help in whatever way they need showing up to events they are at just to have a listen bringing them food helping chop their firewood and weed their gardens we strive to show them that we are responsible consistent committed people genuinely looking to learn and carry forward the skills that and knowledge they have attended for so long genuinely looking to know them their hearts their stories their dreams I bow my head in respect and gratitude for the wise powerful and devoted elders we are so blessed to have in our community what newfound levels of beauty making and resiliency can we create this year in Crestone by turning to the wise ones instead of search engines and taking in their guidance
And now turning to the community calendar. January 27th, Rumi Study Circle, all welcome, Golden Light Sufi Circle from 3 to 5 p.m. On January 29th, Crestone Food Bank from 10 a.m. to noon. On February 5th, here to listen with Crestone Town Council member at Cloud Station at 10 a.m. on February 5th. And looking further forward, February 16th, Baca Water and Sanitation Monthly Public Online Meeting at the website bacawater.com slash board.html. This is at 9 a.m. on February 16th. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn.